This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Agut Nerev Shabbos, Agut Nchoydish, hope everyone is well. Baruch Hashem, this week I have a simcha in my family, so I will not be delivering a in-person shir in the shul, so uh, we'll just have the recording for this, uh, for this week's parasha. As we come to the close of Sefer Shmois, we come to the end, Chazak, Chazak, Venus Chazek, we finish the, the building, the structure of the Mishkan and all its kalim. In the closing psukim of this week's parish and really this entire Sefer, the Torah shares with us an essential lesson for life that is relevant in all generations and all times, wherever we find ourselves. We find a very interesting passage towards the end of the parasha. The Torah tells us, that Moshe Rabbeinu was given the job of anointing Aaron HaKoyin to be the Koyin Gadol, as well as anointing Aaron's children to follow in, their, in his path to be the Kohanim for future generations as well. And the Pasuk tells us in the Perikmen, Pasuk Tezvav, Hashem tells Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshechto Oisam, and you should anoint Aaron's children, Kasher Moshechto Esavim, just like you anointed their father. And the Meshachachma asks, when Meir Simcha from Davinsk is bothered with the wording of this Pasuk, it seems somewhat unnecessary, repetitive. What is the Torah telling us when it says that Hashem tells Moshe, I want you to anoint Aaron's children the same way you anointed their father. And the Meshachachma tells us something unbelievable. The Meshachachma tells us that when Moshe Rabbeinu was given the task of anointing Aaron to be the Kohen Gadol, to have that unbelievable position, to be the main person in the Mishkan, running the Mishkan, so to say, Moshe Abenu was filled with joy. Mole Simcha. He was so happy for his brother. He was so happy for his older brother to get this position, to be able to be the Kayin Gadol. And he was thrilled. And when he anointed him, and he inaugurated him, he was besimcha, ravi, had so much joy and happiness in his heart to anoint his brother, to make his brother into that position that he deserved. However, writes Rameyah Simcha, writes the Meshachach, but not so when he came to anoint his children. Why? Because deep down, Moshe Rabbeinu was a little bothered because his children were not going to follow in his legacy. His children were not going to take on positions similar to Moshe Rabbeinu. So writes with Meir Simcha, it's possible that when Moshe Rabbeinu was going to anoint Aaron's children, he could have not felt the same joy. He might have even had a tinge of jealousy, envy, that my brother is so lucky. Look, his kids are going to live through his legacy. They're going to continue in his position. But unfortunately, for whatever reason, my children will not. And therefore says the Chumash that Hashem tells Moshe Rabbeinu, don't do that. When you anoint his children, I want you to be as excited. In the same way, you were so full of joy and happiness when you anointed their father. I want you to have that same joy when you anoint your nephews, when you anoint their, his children. And don't let any negative feelings of jealousy creep in. Well, the takeaway from this Meshechachma to me is twofold. First of all, the Torah is telling us that even someone as great as Moshe Rabbeinu, the leader of the Jewish people, one of the most humblest of Jews, if not the most, the greatest Navi that ever lived, he might have also been subjected on his level, of course, to so much jealousy, to so much feeling that it's not fear, my kids aren't getting, but his kids are. 
which makes us feel a little better about ourselves because we all grapple with jealousy. We often look and say, why am I not seeing what this person gets? Why are my children not like their? Why are my grandchildren not like his grandchildren? Why is my parnasa not like his parnasa? Why is my house not like his house? It's a very easy thing to fall into. And it might have even crept into Moshe Rabbeinu's psyche perhaps. So that's one thing that we take away. But I think the more important lesson is that the Torah is telling us you can overcome it. And Hashem tells Moshe Rabbeinu, and I want you to overcome it. And I want you not to have any ill feelings when you anoint your nephews. Which means we can rise above the feeling of jealousy. We can do it. We can tackle this midah. Yes, it's rampant. Yes, it's difficult. Yes, it's natural. But if the Torah tells Moshe to do it, that means it's possible. It is an obtainable goal for us to overcome the nisayan of jealousy. But how? How? Moshe Rabbeinu was Moshe Rabbeinu. How me? Us, little folk. How are we supposed to combat jealousy when we look around and we see people have it better than us? They're making more money than us. They're more successful than us. Their children are doing better. They're happier than us. How are we supposed to combat that and not feel jealous and not feel envy and not feel depressed? So there's a var from the Satmi Rebbe, the great Divri Yoel. Yoel Teitelbaum said, in the look in the Aseris Dibris, we know what the last of the Aseris Dibris is, we're not supposed to be jealous. We're not supposed to want what someone else has. But points out the Satmi Rebbe, if you look at the Pasuk, when the Terry describes it, <clears throat> the Terry says, don't desire your friend's object, his animal, his wife, the Chal and all that belongs to him. So ask the Satmar Rebbe if you're going to give me details, his objects, his spouse, so why do you have to end off with all that my friend has? Just say, don't be jealous of all that your friend has. And the Satmar Rebbe said something so profound and so helpful to combat jealousy. He says, very often you look at one element of your friend's life, you say, I want that. So Terry says, really? If you want that, you've got to take all of his life. You don't want all of his life. You don't know what he's dealing with. You don't know the behind-the-scenes issues that this person is experiencing. You see one thing, and that's what you want, and that's what you're jealous of, that's what you're envy of. Say this, I'm Rebbe, just realize there's so much more that meets the eye. You want the chol You want the whole package? You want every nitty-gritty of this fellow's life? We all know the famous muscle of everyone's put together at a table, and they all have to put out their tsaris, their peckle. Everyone would take their peckle back. Because you realize, when you look at other people's tsaris, you realize, what I have is not as bad. I don't want Yenem's problems. I'll deal with mine. Therefore, says the Sam Rebbe, if you want to combat jealousy, remember, you can't just have one part of his life. You can't just have his salary. You can't just have his house. You can't just have his kids. You got to take the whole package. And you probably don't want that entire package that he is offering. But I believe there's another answer to how to combat jealousy, and it's found in this week's parasha. Beginning of the parasha, the opening line of the parasha, Eila Pekudi HaMishkan. This is the countings of the Mishkan, because I'll tell us that Moshe Rabbeinu gave us. He did a, a complete recount of all the money, of where the money went. It was an audit. He went to where all the money was to explain that no one should doubt Chas V'Sham that Moshe Rabbeinu was pocketing some of the money. However, Moshe Feinstein points out another way of understanding the lesson from this week's parish is not just money, but he says very often in life it's worthwhile to take stock of all the gifts that Hashem has given us, all our talents, all our capabilities, and let's take stock and ask ourselves, am I using them or am I wasting them? Says Moshe Feinstein, it's a good idea once in a while to take, a, to take an audit of yourself, of your life, and ask yourself, am I... Am I accomplishing as much as I could as a year? Am I learning as much as I could? Am I wasting more time than I'm being productive? Am I giving enough tzedakah? Am I learning enough Torah? It's a worthwhile endeavor. 
Most of us only do it during the Aserah Sumei Tshuva, if at all. But says Ramesha Feinstein, it's a worthwhile endeavor just to take stock, an invoice of what you have, because we're all full of so many talents. Hashem has given us so many different talents, and the question is, are we using them? Are they just being wasted? Are they being lost? Are they being, dis- dis- are they being not used properly? Therefore, says Ramesha Feinstein, the same way that Moshe Avedah took an invoice, an audit of where the money came and went, we too need to take an invoice, an audit of our life to see, to make sure we're maximizing everything we need. And I believe based on this idea, we can answer how to combat jealousy. Because if we were to take an invoice, an audit, and carefully look at our lives, we'd realize we, Baruch Hashem, are so blessed. We have so much going for us. We have so many terrific things in the world. There's no need to be jealous of someone else has. Because everything that I have is exactly what Hashem has given me. Look, appreciate what I do have, not focus on what I don't have. The problem is we never focus on the good things that we have. We only focus on what we're missing. And there'll always be things that we're missing. But we need to take a step back, take an invoice, and look in our life and say, well, what do I have? What good do I have in my life right now? Go through all the wonderful things you do have. Health, and you have a place to eat, and you have a, a roof over your head, and you have your children and grandchildren, and you have a job, and you, and you have a chavrusa, whatever it may be in your personal life. Take stock and appreciate what you have. And if you'll take stock like Rav Moshe suggested, I believe it will help you. It's not going to fix it. It will help you combat the, the nature of jealousy because you'll say, I'm very happy with what I have. I'm very confident. I'm, in my, I'm very happy. I don't need what's not for me. Because what stops us from enjoying our friends is because it's always like, I want that. I wish I can have that. If we stop and say, I don't need that. And I don't want that. I can then be genuinely happy for you. Show with you a personal story. A few years back, I was looking for a position as a Rebbe. And it was a little hard at that time. But I knew I didn't want to teach elementary school. And I had a brother-in-law of mine who at that time just got a very, very good elementary school Rebbe job. And I was so happy for him because it wasn't like, oh, I wish I could have got that job. Because I didn't want that job. I knew it wasn't good for me. And then it hit me. I made the connection. I said, that's what Hashem wants us to feel about everything in life. The same way I said I don't feel bad and I can honestly be happy for him because I never wanted that job. It's like that with everything in life. Because if Hashem wanted me to get whatever my friend has, he would have given it to me. The answer is he doesn't want me to have it. Therefore, I could rejoice happily that Hashem gave it to him. And that's what the whole Yom Tov of Purim is all about. We're now in Adar Beis. According to all Shittas, we now can fulfill Mishanichtas Adar Marba Mezimcha. How does a person live a life of happiness? Happiness is defined by appreciating all that you have. That was the opposite of Haman. Haman had an entire country, perhaps 127 Medinas of people, Jews and non-Jews bowing down. But one Jew wouldn't bow down for him. Haman couldn't tolerate it. Most of us would have said, get over it. You have 99.999% of the people, move on. But he couldn't, he couldn't forget. One person doesn't bow down. That's the difference between us and the guy. We're Yehudim. Mordechai is referred to as Mordechai HaYehudi. What's a Yehudi? The guy Rebbe explained, a Yehudi means we're always grateful for what we have. We're always saying thank you. We always appreciate what we have. And we're never, we're never feeling that we're missing. Because we don't look at what we're missing, we look at what we have. And perhaps that's the way to combat this feeling of jealousy which creeps into all of us. It's in our society. It could have even creeped into Moshe Rabbeinu, according to Rameh Simcha. But we have ways of combating it. We have ideas now of appreciating what we have, not looking at what we don't have, looking at what we do have. Because that's what makes us Yehudim. 
a Yehudi, a Jew, is someone who's grateful, not for what he's missing, not upset about what he's lacking, but grateful for what we have. If we take a step back every once in a while, maybe now before Purim, and just appreciate what we have. Go around your life. Think about the people, the things, and say, wow, look how lucky I am. We know there are Yidin in Europe, in Ukraine, that left their homes with nothing, running away from potential death. And even if they come back to their buildings in Ukraine, most likely it's rubble. I guarantee you're better off than them. We need to appreciate, and we should daven for Achinu B'nai Yisrael that are suffering. Because no matter what we're struggling with, and we're struggling, there's always going to be someone that has it worse than you. I guarantee you. Sadly, it's true. Mr. Hashem HaKadosh Baruch Hu should help us appreciate what we have in this world. Give us true simcha. Give us real simcha, meaningful simcha with appreciate those around us. Our friends, our family. The people that we have a real meaningful relationship with. And Mr. Hashem HaKadosh Baruch Hu should continue to shower us with wonderful things. He should help Achenu B'nai Yisrael in Ukraine. He should protect the Jews of Europe that are in a very, very difficult predicament right now. No one really knows what's going to happen over there in Russia. It's scary. It really is scary. Right around the times of Purim, we're holding in a time where there's a person who wants to really wreak havoc in the world. Koshbaruch should protect Klai Yisrael, protect the world. Koshbaruch should continue to shower us with simchas and wonderful news and great things. Not just for us, but for everyone. And we should be able to enjoy them together. Our simchas and other simchas as well. And we should be zaycha to see the ultimate ke'ula. Because during the times of Purim, it wasn't the ultimate ke'ula. It wasn't Mashiach. They still were under Achashverosh's control. We should be zaycha to the ultimate ke'ula. We were under no one's control. We can finally be under HaKadosh Baruch Hu's control. The whole world will see HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We should be zaycha to see the ke'ula. Amen. Have a wonderful Shabbos.